Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Thanks for joining me for another Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com. And as we record this week, we are fresh off of the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in Miami. And I'm here with one of the moderators that spoke on a panel and moderated a panel called House of Brands. How to Achieve Long-Term Success. Uh, Those a couple of names that she was accompanied by on stage that we've had here on Cannabis Radio. But I'm glad to go and have our next guest join us. Uh, The CEO of LKP Impact Consulting. Lori Parfit. Lori, thanks for being on with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So just to give uh, back on the LKM, LKP Impact Consulting, uh, you work with cannabis and consumer products companies, commercial strategy and execution, unlocking true potential to extract value and position themselves for growth. Now, I want to ask you, as you moderated that panel on House of Brands, branding has been very important. Packaging, also, again, in CPG, you've also had a lot of extensive experience, including your background uh, in mainstream before leading the year. Talk to me really quickly about the real takeaways that you got from the panel in terms of the real gauge of how branding needs to be evolved. Oh, absolutely. So I, you know, I'm a fractional chief marketing officer in the space. So I work with brand operators, technology, and ancillary services on everything that they need for marketing, including branding. So this was kind of the perfect panel for me. And I was so fortunate to have Kate Miller from Miss Grass. This was actually our, I think our fourth or fifth panel together. Yeah. Um, I feel like she and I are going to be together forever. Uh, I had Rhett Novi from Pharmacan. I had Gary Santo from Tilt Holdings, and I had Craig Snyder from Green Lane Holdings. And what was really cool about that panel was that everybody kind of had a different vantage point. So Kate's a brand, like an asset-like brand. Uh, you know, Red is a multi-state operator, a large one. Uh, Gary is more of a smaller multi-state operator. And uh, Green Lane Holdings, so Craig, uh, they, they work on the accessory side of the business. And so it was really cool to get those different perspectives on creating brands. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about is 2023 was really supposed to be the year of the brand. Um, 
In traditional industries like CPG, brands really mean something. And, you know, the reason for that is, you know, when you go to the store, so like, let's, let's just take grocery where I'm from. Mm -hmm. When you go to the grocery store, you're limited by the assortment that those buyers purchase for the store, but you're able to walk the aisles. You're able to pick product up. You're able to compare it. You're able to smell it, taste it in some cases. In the Canada space, you don't have those options. So in most markets, product is not merchandised on the floor. And even in the ones that you can do that in, it's becoming less and less of a thing. So the truth is that with brands, you know, your decisions are really made by that fun tender in front of you. So the whole premise is really how do you inspire and engage that butt tender? And then how do brands really think about, you know, going directly to a consumer and making sure that they get that consumer engagement. And that is really where the rubber beats the road with brands. Now, the one thing I noticed, like you said, in the same way that it's really tough for companies to go ahead and give that access to consumers to go ahead and really try out a product. The other thing too is that to have a brand that is able to make a very quick turnaround. So when you refer to Kate Miller and Memphis Grass, uh, you the thing was that her product's only been out in the market two years, but immediately caught wind and caught fire. And that was the part that really was, was the best part is that she was able to go ahead and find, you know, what she says, brands that can drive long-term value in any consumer industry. And while cannabis is right now in the middle of this game of trying to get branding, if we got the branding for the right, that. She believes they'll get there, the, the, the industry's going to get there, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. I do. And, you know, Kate Miller's a really good example. Um, so when I've talked to Kate, she's one of the few brands out there that have really done it correctly. So she's only been out there a couple of years, but she's a wild success. And part of what drove her success, at least in my mind, is she did all the work up front. So one of the things that I talk to my clients about is really like, don't, you know, when you have an idea for a brand, and I see this in CPG, I see this in cannabis, I see this everywhere. Entrepreneurs get really excited about their idea and they want to see it brought to life. So they go right from idea to hiring a designer to create a logo, to create packaging. And the issue is that a designer is only as good as the content they're providing. And so if you go to a designer and you just say, this is my idea and I want to create this, if you get a really great logo with really great packaging, it's pure luck. I mean, even the best designers really need that content. And what Kate did, which is what I think is brilliant, is she did that brand strategy work up front. She really looked at who is her prime prospect, who is that target consumer, and really built that person out. Then she went through her brand pyramid exercise. How is she like other brands? How is she different? What's her brand promise, consumer response, and her brand essence into her positioning, her guardrails, her architecture, her mission, vision, core values, and brand voice? She did all of that work up front and really did the research to get there and then handed it off to a designer. And so that's why she got such a great brand and a great product was because she really put the thought in early. And so I love what Miss Grass has done. And I think it's how all brands really need to approach it because she has been able to work through the butt tenders as well as engage the consumers directly. 
So I know that your background includes Kraft Foods and a number of other companies, uh, very prominent and mainstream. And I want to take a story that I spoke with another head of marketing, or well, I spoke with the head of marketing uh, at another company. And what I want to do is this. I want to ask the same question I asked that guest. So Benzinga, actually before the conference, they actually wrote a story about from controversial to profitable, why Nestle, Procter Gamble, PepsiCo, and other CPG brands should embrace cannabis. And they make the, the point about how they should be looking at new segments, those particular types of companies, like self-care, plant-based products, personalized items to bottle with customers, provide an experience, and build a community. So I want to ask the same question to you. If you got a chance to be in that meeting, in that conference room with these companies, one of them at a time, that what are the challenges that they should actually be trying to tackle and how should they be coming into the space from your experience? What should they be looking at? So this is a kind of a controversial question because, you know, I have mixed emotions about companies like Kraft and Conagra coming into this space. Mm-hmm. So right now, the cannabis industry is really entrepreneurial. That's why people like Miss Grass can can come up. Yeah. Um, and even if you look at our multi-state operators like Farming Can, like Tilt, like Fresco, um, you know, we think of them right now um, the industry will say that they're like the big bad wolf, they're corporate cannabis. But the truth is that those CEOs are still entrepreneurs. Those companies are really not that big in the scheme of life, in the scheme of the world. And so what's really great is even our big companies are really still entrepreneurial operations. And so when you look at Barbican and Cresco and GTI and, and Verano and the rest of them, they're really still entrepreneurial organizations. And when you look at companies like Kraft Foods and Conagra and Constellation, they're all great companies, nothing negative to say about them at all, but they're big corporate established companies. These are multinational companies. And you know where I see their real challenge is that they're not entrepreneurial companies at all. Um, in fact, you know, they tend to be very methodical and very slow to get products to market historically. And it's not a knock on them. They're just big companies that have lots of hurdles. They have big commercialization process processes where you have to get through certain gates and you have to get buy-in from lots of different people. And so the, the issue in, in the cannabis space is that one year is like 10 years Mm-hmm. in traditional industries. We move at the speed of light in cannabis. At the same time, it's kind of like a big hurry up and wait, but you have to be constantly moving. It's all about first mover advantage. It's all about who's going to get to market first. It's all about who's going to get that market share. And where I would challenge those big CPGs is you're going to have to move a lot quicker with a lot less information. So when Kraft Foods decides to come out with a new product, and I worked for them, I've worked for even mid-sized CPGs like Miscon, where they were Ragu and Bert- they're Ragu and Bertoli, they're not as big as like a Kraft, but still there's process in place. They want to do all that consumer research. They want to make sure they have all their I's dotted and T's crossed. And in the cannabis space, you just have to be okay with good enough. You have to be okay with taking risks. One of the things I love about being over here versus over there is that 
I like high risk. I think swinging for the fences and trying new things is a much more um, engaging in the way to operate. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, where I was challenged over in traditional CPG was that they like to play it safe. They like to have all their information. They want to make sure that, you know, everything is the way it's supposed to be. If you wait for that, you will have completely missed the boat in this space. You have to be okay with risk. You have to be okay with not knowing all the answers. And you have to be okay with failing. The other thing I think is that you have to go ahead and put in perspective that, sure, the bigger companies, the MSOs, they're putting a lot of dollars into strategy, into execution. Yep. They have the time to go ahead and sit in the boardroom and listen to consultants and, and have these people that are on retainer on a regular basis. But for the smaller companies, the craft-made cannabis businesses, they need that same kind of approach, correct? They do. They need support. And so, you know, where the Pharmacans and Crescos of the world, you know, have somewhat of an advantage, and I don't think they really have the time to sit in boardrooms and listen to everybody. I mean, right. their lives are just as crazy as the rest of us. Um, but, you know, they have, they're able to maybe afford some more resources I think, you know, the smaller operators, they need this, they need the help. Uh, they just can't afford to have all of these expensive resources that maybe an MSO can take up. Yeah. And so they can't afford an executive team. They can't afford, you know, a ton of, you know, extra expense. And so that's what I think fractional leadership, which is what we do, kind of comes into play. Like uh, one of the things I talked to them about is, you know, if you hired a, a CMO, you know, you're talking between their salary, their bonus, their benefits, their equity, their negotiated severance package, talking half a million right there. And then, you know, they're going to want to hire people. And so you're at like 750000 to a billion dollars before you even spent any money on marketing, which might be okay for an MSO. It's it's still very expensive for them. I, I don't necessarily think that that's ideal for them either. But for a small to mid-sized entrepreneurial brand, that's tough. Right. And so, you know, it's been incumbent upon those of us who are in the cannabis space to really create ancillary offerings that small to mid-sized operators can can afford and can utilize effectively to help them get to the same place that an MSO can get to. But now, one thing is that for those companies we're actually pointing out that might be of whichever size, small, mid-range, or large, your consulting services can actually help in that area from strategy to execution. Uh, can you give me a little bit of insight about what you do or what your team does to go ahead and help support these kind of businesses that are going up against the big boys? For sure. So, you know, I would tell you MSOs are not really our target. Um, so we would work with them if they needed help on a project. You know, I love, I love talking to the leaders at those MSOs. I think they're very bright individuals, but our team really focuses on small to mid-sized businesses. And so we are fractional chief marketing officers. And so we come in and we provide brands, operators, technology, and ancillary services within the space who can't afford or don't need full-time marketing help. We provide all things marketing at a fraction of the cost. And so, you know, when I first started out, it was just me. 
And I would go in and I would just negotiate with all of my contacts across the industry to get better rates for my clients and get them things that they could afford. Now we kind of do most of it at house. So we have a team in house where we can, you know, we talk about being able to provide your entire marketing team for less of the cost of a marketing director. So not even less of the cost of a CMO, less of the cost of like a director of marketing within the cannabis space. And so, you know, we help companies, you know, we we meet them where they're at. And so we work with them and we provide a solution based on their size and scale. And we make sure that it's affordable and it will add value to their business going forward. One thing I want to ask now, the other thing I always think about, we deal with marketing uh, people all the time at Cannabis Radio. Obviously, we want to go and, you know, create some kind of a sponsorship. We talk to the CEO, they're going to send us their marketing person, director of marketing, chief marketing officer, what have you. But the one thing is, I almost feel like there's really not a one set answer for any companies that should outsource or try to bring somebody in-house. And I almost feel like a lot of times, somebody that brings somebody in in-house they might not be as adept or be able to go ahead and handle so much because if you have that outsourcing and all the resources, because I mean, I see where publicity companies, PR companies have come into kind of service in that role as well on top of everything else, which makes sense. I can understand the, the understanding, of course, but there's not one set answer as to how you need to address marketing, but there's not a say as to if you need somebody in-house or if you want to go to a third party. Well, and sometimes it's a combination of the two. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't say. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That like if you you know were your only option for marketing, if you have somebody in house, you have a marketing manager, you have a marketing director, we partner with them. 
and we work with them and we help support them so they can be successful. But no, there's no one answer that works for everybody. And everybody's operation is is different. And so making sure that, you know, you weigh those, the pluses and minuses of a full-time person versus fractional is is definitely part of that dynamic. And, you know, when we talk about marketing, what's really interesting about marketing is when people hire like a CMO or they hire a marketing director or marketing manager, they think that that person knows everything about all things marketing. Right. And so, no, they don't. Um, And it's funny because we accept things differently from lawyers and doctors. So let's take, let's take doctors, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So doctors all go to medical school. They get a basic four-year medical education in medical school. So they all learn the same things. They're all doctors. But once they get through that, they start making decisions as to their specialties. So some people go into pediatrics. Some people go into dermatology. Some people go into cardiology, orthopedics. And so they still have that basic medical education. They know enough to be dangerous across other areas. But you wouldn't go to your dermatologist and ask them about your heart condition. No, this is why you ask for a referral to a doctor that is adept and has studied and has practiced in that field. Exactly. And in in marketing, it's, it's not that different. So in marketing, you have digital, you have social media, you have brand. You have research, you have activation, you have public relations and communications, you have creative design, you have commercialization, product development. There are many different facets of marketing. And the thing is, when you hire a CMO, no matter who you hire, they know enough to be dangerous in all of those areas, but there are very few that are experts at every single one of those verticals. Agreed. What a CMO really is, is someone who they they might be like great branding people, but they know enough to hire the right PR firm or the right PR person. They know enough to hire the right social media manager and they know how to manage those people and provide them direction and build the, and build out what the campaign should look like. But they're not going to be, when you hire a CMO, they're not going to be doing your posting on Instagram. They're going to hire someone to do that. And so when you hire somebody in a house and when you're limited in resources, very much like a cannabis operation, when you hire that person in house, the likelihood that they're a generalist and they know everything about every area of marketing is really small. Right. You know, and the other thing too is there's a, so I mentioned a marketing guest that I had on uh, of the Blunt Business Program. But her thing is, is that coming in as a head of marketing, her thing was, she and de- she indels herself into the marketing end, research and development, and the scientific end of the business to understand for you know going from cultivation to dispensary. She wants to understand the whole process, so she puts herself out there because she has the experience to go do so and communicate with all those areas in order to make the right decisions. So there's that part of the of the discussion. The second part is with. The marketing types, they hold the purse strings of the company. The marketing spend is in their books. But how many times have I seen a marketing person that they feel like, well, first of all, I need to start making costs. I got to start cutting costs. 
I got to, you know, open up the budget. I can't be using the budget so much. I need to be very uh, frugal with the budget. But with a company like yours, you know, they have that marketing spend. Talk to me about those two ends right there, about how involved you should be in your marketing, because that's something you obviously were able to do with your consulting and being able to get those companies to use that marketing spend and take the risk, a calculated risk, though. So, you know, I agree. You have to work across the entire organization. So cultivation, manufacturing, retail, brands, you know, all of those areas, you have to be very well versed and be able to communicate with all aspects of the organization as a marketing leader. Partially because most market, most companies in, in this space don't even have marketing budgets established. Right. And so you actually have to start working with those teams to help them understand what needs to happen from a marketing perspective. So in the cannabis space specifically, uh, marketing definitely takes um, second place or third place even to things like operations. And so the thought behind that is if you can't produce the product, then all the marketing in the world isn't going to save you. And that's very true. But if you wait until you're able to produce the product, you know, effectively and efficiently to engage your marketing, you will have lost all that time and you will not have that buildup of uh, consumer engagement and awareness to get to sell that product. And so it's like a chicken or egg scenario. So you have to work really closely with the team and help them understand the value of marketing and how that can help them uh, drive their business forward. And then you have to put together plans and budgets that make sense for the business. And I think that's really where um, where things can go awry. And so I see a lot of people come in from traditional industries. So come in from CPG, come in from beverage alcohol, come in from pharma, and they're used to multi-million dollar marketing budgets. And in the cannabis space, you're lucky if you're getting $100,000. I mean, that would be amazing. And so, you know, having to manage that expectation and understand that you have to do a lot with a little can be, can be rough. And so that's where things can, um, can be misaligned. And that's why working with the entire organization and then really building up a, a solid marketing plan with a budget that makes sense and key metrics that you'll be evaluating against helps the organization understand how that risk can be mitigated. Let's go back full circle to you moderating at Benzinga this past week on House of Brands, how to achieve long-term success in the cannabis industry, because now that's the whole point. They have to put that kind of spend out there, something consistent to build mm -hmm. a new brand. And they have to go in on it and they have to understand the social media end of the marketing spectrum. Now that they have Twitter, you can use for cannabis campaigns or Google now for campaigns to understand where there's traditional, maybe a brick and mortar, you know, putting in stores and trying to get the product out so that people can see it, you know, from a brick and mortar window aspect, shop window, or you know, it's through whatever kind of campaigns you have. Like the thing is, those companies have to make sure that money is available to spend and that they are allowed to able to go and give you whatever resources they have at their disposal to make that brand succeed. That's part of that too. Because I mean, the best brands I've seen out there in the cannabis space that have really done a lot. I mean, I've seen them create music videos, a lot of campaigns, a lot of merch, a lot of swag being put out there, 
whatever they can to get it pushed across. So when you talk to these companies, you know, talk to me about being that fractional CMO and how you need to let them know we need your support on this and we have to be able to have a plan in place and the spend in place to be able to make this go to fruition. Yeah. So as a fractional CMO, I work really closely with the leadership team, with founders, CEOs, with CFOs, um, to really help them understand, you know, when you engage us, you know, you're buying into marketing. That's a commitment that you're making to ensure that your brand is going to be successful. And so part of that commitment is making sure that we're able to be consistent and and get the brand out there effectively. And we have to be able to collaborate on a regular basis to ensure everybody's on the same page. Right. And so, you know, building a brand in this space isn't easy. And I talk to founders all the time about the marketing funnel. And so the marketing funnel starts with brand awareness and ends at referral. And where I see a lot of companies go wrong is they skip the brand awareness because they think that they can skip steps within the marketing funnel to get to referral really quickly. And, you know, I talk to them a lot about some of what we're going to do initially is create brand awareness, which isn't you're not necessarily going to see an immediate ROI on it. But that coupled with how we're going to activate the brand, you know, in three to six months, you're going to start seeing some movement. And within nine months to a year, you're going to see that traction. And so a lot of what I do is manage expectations. So put the plans together and then manage the expectations of the leadership because you're not going to hire a fractional CMO or even a full-time CMO and see your brand turn around in 90 days. That takes time. You have to train the consumer. You have to train the butt tenders. You've got to make sure that the brand is out there the right way and then it's being built up organically. Throwing a bunch of swag into the marketplace and doing a few videos here and there, if there's not strategy behind it and there is right. not building blocks being put into place to get to that spot, you're going to be wasting money. And so really spending the time and building that brand awareness and say, okay, when we think about the marketing funnel, brand awareness, here's some of the things we're going to do. We're not going to see immediate ROI, but then we're going to move to the next layer and we're going to start doing things that we will see ROI. But it's going to take nine months to a year to see a brand really come to fruition. Yep. And the truth is, in traditional industries, the average tenure of a CMO is 18 months. In campus, it's six. Wow. And part of the reason for that, so even in traditional industries, you end up with, you know, a CMO who's hired and, you know, it takes some time to either build stuff up or write the ship. And it takes about 18 months. So even when I created my own personal brand, which I am living and breathing in my brand every single day, right. it takes about 18 months to really build a brand. And so in traditional industries, they get to that 18 months and they fire the CMO because they haven't seen the traction yet. And the truth is that's right when they're writing that ship mm -hmm. and that traction starts. So they then they hire the new CMO and then they're like, oh, this new CMO is brilliant. We're seeing results right away. It was from the old CMO. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like a college coach that already had the team, the players he had been recruiting for the last few years, and that exactly. benefit. Oh yeah, very much so. Exactly, and so, but then the vicious cycle starts again because eventually that new CMO has to do something new, and that needs to carry that through. And then 18 months later, they get fired and we keep oh, yeah. going. In cannabis, it just happens quicker. And so we really need to think about in the cannabis spaces, looking at marketing as one, an important resource that you need to spend money on and you need to be actively engaged in so that you create a sustainable business model going forward. Second, you have to give your CMO and your marketing team a chance. Yeah, Things don't just turn around overnight. And you've got to make sure that you're giving them enough runway to get to that spot. Otherwise, well, also, right? But also, you, but that's where it comes from. Where you come into play as a fractional CMO with your team in tow, and you know your resume speaks volumes. I mean, for a fact, there's that you've worked with, with startups to Fortune 500s. You've done uh, you you worked at various a lot of good great companies out there. And you've done all the work when it comes to brand strategy design, consumer insights, commercial go-to-market strategy. You have the blueprint. You know how to build that customized blueprint for whichever company. And you have the understanding. Listen, it's not going to, you're, you're not going to just have a CMO and you're just going to bring them on board and expect this all going to go in like very, I mean, it's to get, again, like you said, can't give me six months. You got to give me a year, two years to really get traction. So that's the, you're giving them really realistic and logical expectations. Yes. And, you know, the hope is that they will get there. You know, in the cannabis space, time is limited, funds are limited, and and I'm very much of the understanding we have to definitely move faster in the cannabis space than we would in a traditional industry. And luckily, we have some of the dynamics in place to be able to make that happen. But it does. It takes time. Consumers are consumers. So what if you're a consumer of food or beverage, a consumer or a consumer in cannabis, you're still a consumer and it still takes you, you know, being exposed to something over seven times for it to resonate with you. And on the cannabis side, consumers are very decent. They're still learning. There's still a lot of education that needs to happen. A lot of consumers don't know how, when, and why they should be using cannabis. You almost have to start at the basics with that. Whereas in food and beverage, traditional food and beverage, people know how to eat drink. Right. They know why they eat pasta sauce. They know when they should eat mac and cheese. So in cannabis, we have to do a lot more education. And so you have to find a way to capture that consumer. If you don't capture that consumer, you're going to be a fly-by-night brand. Right. So this is now, I hope by the, by the end of this interview, Lori, I think we can kind of basically say, all right, how can we work with Lori? We're going to tell you how to do that right now. Website is LKP impact.com lkpimpact.com and when people go there uh, they can go and connect right there's a big red connect now button on the website yep. so for those who want to work with you Lori what should they know before they enter in and uh, what can they expect so what they should know before they enter in is you know we are a very flexible agile organization who's going to meet you where you're at and we will help you with all things marketing um, so when you connect with us, whether you press that button or you email me at lori at lkpimpact.com, um, you need to give me kind of a rundown of what your business is and what you're looking for. Um, and the way we approach everything is we sit down with you and we meet with you for about an hour 
really getting a download on your business and really understanding where you're at. And we build what I call a preliminary SOW, scope of work. And we work with you to kind of, we go, we call it choose your own adventure. We work with you to kind of hone that down to exactly what you're looking for so we can get started. But our process is very collaborative. Uh, there's no surprises. And we, we make sure that you are with us on every step of that journey. Fantastic. Again, here with Lori Parfit, the CEO of LKP Impact Consulting. And website, once again, is lkpimpact.com. Lori, thanks for being on with us. Really appreciate your insight and thanks for being on with us. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely loved our conversation. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.